You're listening to Beyond the Plate with Andrew Kaplan. That sounds so weird. You're listening to Beyond the Plate with Cappy. Hey everyone, this is Cappy and you're listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. Just the Plate is a short segment where chefs describe a recipe sharing insider tips and tricks on what makes this their favorite dish. Today we're going to hear from Chef Rick Bayless. If you missed last week's episode with him, please be sure to check that out. One quick item of business. In wake of the recent earthquakes in Mexico, I do want to give a shout out to everything Chef Bayless and his team have been doing through their restaurants initiatives. They're working with an organization that has boots on the ground called the Global Givings Mexico Relief Fund. If you'd like to consider making a donation directly to the fund, you can do so by going to rickbayless.com and there's more info there. With all that said, Chef Rick Bayless is the chef owner of Frontera Grill, Topo Labampo, Shoco, Tortas Frontera in O'Hare Airport, Lena Brava, Cruz Blanca, and more. He's going into the 12th season of his PBS series, Mexico One Plate at a Time. He has nine books to his name. He's the second recipient ever of the Julia Child Award and multiple James Beard Awards. And there's just tons of great info that we cover in the last episode with Rick. So I really urge you to check that out. But in this episode, Rick shares a recipe from his Oklahoma roots. It's Oklahoma-style barbecue ribs. He's putting Mexican cuisine on the back burner for this episode. I'm going to stop talking, but this is a good one. This is Just the Plate. One of the dishes that I make all the time, well, I won't say all the time because it probably amounts to three or four times a year because it's something that takes a lot of investment of time, but I want to invest in the time for it because it's so near and dear to my heart. I grew up in a barbecue restaurant in Oklahoma City. A lot of people don't know what Oklahoma barbecue is, but if you're one of those people, let me tell you that it sort of shares some things with Texas barbecue and shares some things with Kansas barbecue. It's really focused a lot on ribs, pork ribs. It's got a sauce that's not too dissimilar from what you would find in Kansas City. And when I was growing up in my parents' barbecue restaurant called the Hickory House, we would go through very clear steps to make what I consider still the best ribs in Oklahoma City. Unfortunately, it's not there anymore. Had a nice long run 37 years before my mother sold it and retired. But the first step was to put barbecue seasoning on it. Now, we bought a barbecue seasoning from a company called Cane's in Oklahoma City back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. It was based on chili powder, which, or a powdered chili, I should say, mostly ancho chili. I know now. I didn't know that when I was a kid. It had a number of other spices mixed in as well as some sugar and some salt. So you think of this as just a dry rub. We would sprinkle the that powder on both sides of the ribs. Now, a lot of times I find myself making back ribs in today when I'm cooking this for a number of reasons, but we never used back ribs when I was growing up. We used spare ribs and uh, spare 
spare ribs can get really large, but my family was really into this this weight of three and down, which is a very small spare rib. Now, when you measure three pounds and down, that's after you've cut the brisket side on what I know now here in Chicago, where I cook all the time, to be what here is called rib tips, the part that has that little gristly part in it and kind of fatty meat that's so utterly delicious. So we would sprinkle the dry rub on our three pounds and down spare ribs, and then we would cover them and let them sit in the walk-in overnight. So it was basically a 24-hour period for that dry rub to do its magic. So it slightly cures the pork. Then the next day, we would start the pit, and the pit was, well, different pits during different periods of our restaurant's history. But when I make it at home, I've used everything from one of those vertical barrel smokers where you hang the ribs in them to typical Weber kettle. In Oklahoma, there's this grill that's super cool called a Hasty Bake. I've used that. I have one of those as well. Google it. Find out about it because it's a really cool grill. And and then I've also used the Big Green Egg, which is probably the most consistent in time and temperature. So we would heat our pit up to about 275 degrees, put the ribs in there with the concave side down. So, I mean, the convex part was up and we would let them roast in there at 275 degrees for two and a half to three hours. We rarely did anything to them, check on them occasionally. If you got the temperature right, then you can really judge the time on that. But after about two hours and a quarter, two and a half hours, we would start checking them a little bit more, making sure that they were not cooking too fast or burning on the edges, but we wanted them to cook till they were just absolutely perfectly tender, but not fall off the bone tender. That is really crucial. Very last step was to take a little barbecue sauce and mop it over the top, but just a very little bit because Oklahoma barbecue is not served with the sauce on top of the ribs. It's always considered to be something that is a condiment to go on the side. So it's not a wash in barbecue sauce like you would find here on the south side of Chicago, that Chicago style barbecue, which has a lot of sauce. Then after we would take those ribs out of the the pit, we would let them cool, but we would stack them all on top of each other and wrap them. And we would let them cool very slowly. And in wrapping them, we used foil, we would allow them to steam just a little bit, making that meat just a touch more tender. Now, they could be reheated then in the pit, or they could be held in one of these old Nesco cookers. That's one of the things that we we used when we would go out catering, and that's what I did when I was growing up, was a ton of catering, barbecue catering. And then when people would order, we would cut their order of ribs and then splash it with some sauce, more sauce on the side, and then serve it to them. Just thinking about it gives me like this mouth-watering moment of reflection because, you know, when I was growing up, all my clothes smelled like hickory. I love that. I achieved that in my big green egg or my hasty bake by soaking hickory chips or chunks of wood is really what I prefer in water for several hours and then throwing them into the my cooking device, my grill at a point toward a, toward a last uh, third of the cooking. I don't like the, the ribs to be too overly smoky, just like 
kissed with smoke is perfect for me. And when I was growing up, that's what everything that I wore smelled like because I spent so much time at my folks' business. And when I just think about those ribs and how that meat, you could chew off the bone and had a little resistance, but was really tender. It had that little hint of hickory smoke, the tangy, spicy, sweet element that is that splash of sauce that goes on there. And it's like the perfect food in my memory. Find more info on Rick Bayless at rickbayless.com. This episode was produced by Ian Cohen, Joe Yeaton, and myself. You can find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Cappy's Plate or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Please do us a favor and rate, review, and or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.